Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Gym Class All-Stars. Before we begin, as always, our sponsor, Vigit, the free-to-play sports betting app. Bet fake coins, win real prizes, what's not to love. Download on the App Store, Google Play Store right now. Use code All-Stars when you sign up. Benefit helps the show. As always, your All-Stars are back to give you the wide news and wide world of sports. We got to start. NFL draft, probably the landmark thing that occurred after two years, we finally had an in-person draft and little, little weird. You got Kings of Leon performing. You got um, the casting couch chair thing with a fan who's going to look at the pick before they announce it. Not that it wasn't a bad touch, but it was just a little weird. Mm -hmm. You had Cleveland fans not caring whatsoever about Joe Thomas compared to Bernie Kozar for whatever reason, and um, not even booing the commissioner. Just a little weird start to it, but the draft in general in terms of the talents and the picks did not disappoint in the slightest. Robbie, you and I were actually pretty decent at picking the top 10. You know, I think for the most part, like, we, we didn't, maybe didn't get the entire order right, but we at least got most of the people who went top 10 correct. That was pretty cool. I think the biggest surprise to most people was that, you know, we, we you were predicting uh, Mac Jones was going to go number three. I, I think I had uh, Devontae Smith going number three on my list. And lo and behold, it was Trey Lance. But no, I don't think really anybody expected that one. So the surprise move by San Francisco, the other question becomes, how long is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be staying there? Yeah, so you thought Devontae Smith would go third. And from the perspective of if you keep your team and want Jimmy Garoppolo's quarterback, that's a pretty good pick because they do need some receiving. However, it seems like they were hell-bent on a quarterback. I, like I said, Mac Jones, from what I heard, was going to be the third pick. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but that's kind of what I heard. Apparently, the GM or the coach, I don't know if it was Lynch necessarily, but the ownership, were hell-bent on picking Trey Lance, and they told no one, none of the scouts, none of the coaches. So I imagine there will be a little bit of discourse within the 49ers organization coming up very shortly. But, yeah, Jimmy G's days seem kind of numbered. Uh, I'm still a little bit skeptical about North Dakota quarterbacks, so we will time will tell. But Trey Lance, for what it seems like, has done a lot, seems like a hard worker, seems like – He's taller than I thought. I don't know if this is a Kyler Murray effect, but I thought he was like 5'11". He's 6'4". Mm. Tall dude. Built well. Time will tell with that. Four was Kyle Pitts. Yeah, four was Kyle Pitts. I just wanted to ask, when's the last time you think we saw one, two, three, all quarterbacks? They were talking about this. It has happened, I think, three times. and I don't think it's happened in the modern era. Okay. So it has happened before. There's never been one through four quarterbacks, though. So that would have been like the real, you know, switch of the night. So people are like, is are they going to draft Justin Fields to take over the mantle from Matt Ryan? Or are they going to draft Mac Jones to do the same? Mm -hmm. Didn't Falcons pick Kyle Pitts? I think that is a good pick. Yeah. But on it's unbelievable how many weapons the Falcons have. You have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. They used to, well. They have Todd Gurley, and if Todd Gurley can re- return to any sort right. of form, that's that's a scary offensive team. 
No, I, I saw this great tweet. It was who, who after drafting Kyle Pitts, who's stopping this Falcons offense? And the response was the Falcons. The Falcons defense. defense is the correct answer. Exactly. To There's nothing on that side of the field still. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Their, their offense is what helps them win their four or five games a year. But, and, and I really like Kyle Pitts. I actually think he is by far the best tight end in this draft. But at the end of the day, I, I know it's more than just one piece to rebuild their defense, but there, there were players they needed more desperately than Pitts, in my opinion. That being said, I'm not, I wouldn't be like mad if I was a Falcons fan by any means. You got your tight end of the future, and that's a pretty good, pretty good deal. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's, that's, that's a great sentiment because they are bolstered unbelievable in offense. Like Matt Ryan has no reason he shouldn't throw under 5,000 yards unless he gets injured. Yep. But yeah, you're right. They could definitely use stuff defensively. I don't think there was a specific pick though, unless you trade back, that would have been a good value pick and really helped out your defense. But we'll get to those. There are a few that happened in the top 10 that we'll talk about. Number five, Jamar Chase. Uh, While that is a great pick to unite Joe Burrow with his former wide receiver, Time will tell with Joe Burrow's offensive line. It's a great weapon. It's yeah. a great upgrade from an aging AJ Green, but yikes, that is kind of scary. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, they did get some O line depth later in the draft. Yeah. Apparently, this draft was super deep when it came to that. It's good. It's probably why teams were a little more willing to take a quarterback early and, and higher up just because they knew they were going to be able to bank on that. Um, I think we both predicted that Chase was going to go five also. Just that whole teammate thing with Burrow works out nice. You lose Green. You know, you already got um, – I'm blanking on their number one receiver, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. You already got him. So he'll he'll slot in nicely. And they, they, they're actually been pretty good with young receivers. Auden Tate from a few years ago. And uh, they had someone else who came on at the end – at the like middle of this year, the rookie. I'm totally blanking on Is it on T. Higgins? Now. Was well, T Higgins exactly okay. T Higgins? I'm sorry, Bengals receivers You're come good. and go in my head, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So so it's a nice bolster, and they're really good with young receivers. So I actually like that pick a lot for them. Despite yeah, they they needed the offensive line, but it seems like they did the work later in the draft. Which if you know what you're doing, that's that's the way you got to go. And so good job there from the Bengals. It was more of a flashy pick, but I think Bengals fans yeah. are happy about it. Six, and this is where, if I'm not mis, I did predict this, and so did you. Jalen Waddle went sixth. Mm-hmm. And while people could argue Devontae Smith should have been picked because he was a Heisman, Jalen Waddle was injured most of the year. I think that is still a good pick for the Dolphins. Either Alabama receiver and a good pick. Mm-hmm. So now the narrative is Tua, if you can't do well with this team, it is your fault. Yeah. 100%. There is no, you now have a receiving core of Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. And Jalen Waddle, who was supposed to be quite good, along with Mike Jusecki as well. You got and some. You still running... got Devontae Parker, right? Who did I? Oh, no, not. Oh, yeah, you're Devontae Parker, not Kenny not Stills. Kenny, Kenny Stills, Stills yeah, is on yeah, the okay, cool, Texans. Cool. They trade him. Hey, no yeah. worries. No worries. Devontae Parker, significantly better than Kenny Stills. So <laughs> my point has even been furthered. Yes. And then you say Gusecki and they got Gaskin in, in the backfield. No, that, that's a really good offense. You're right. If Tua can't do it, like pull the plug early. Don't, don't wait too long. <laughs> get, get him out of there. Get, bring back Fitzmagic or something. And then this is where our mock draft sort of got iffy. You had Pen- Penny Sewell going fifth mm-hmm. to the to the bank. No, you did have Penny going fifth. No, no, no. I had Penny going fourth, I think, actually. I had I had Pitts a little lower. You than, had Pitts at 10. Um, I, I think Penny you had Penny at five because we're I was like, I think Jamar Chase is gonna go. I'm, I'm pretty 
uh, unless I messed that up. I meant to have Chase at five in that case, but regardless. Robert, you fool. You had – oh, you had Petty at four. You are right. I'm yeah, an idiot. Yeah, okay, cool. You got me there. But, yeah, so the Lions ended up picking Penny Sewell, who was the best lineman in the draft other than Rashard Slater from Northwestern. I think that's a pretty good pick. I would have thought the Lions would have went for something a little more flashy. So I had Devontae Smith going seventh. You had Sertan, which would have been a good combination with Akuda. I, I don't mind that pick. I think you do need – you're sort of going to need some time to rebuild anyway, and I think that's a pretty important I was about to pick. Say, the, the Lions are a pretty non-flashy organization. So. I know. Number eight, this is where things got really interesting. J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn, got picked for the – Panthers, my voice cracked there. That was really <laughs> bad. So I thought Penny would fall. He did not. Um, yeah, pr- regarded as either the best or second best cornerback in the draft, I think that's a pretty good pick. I'm a little surprised he went this early, but yeah. that's just kind of the flash in this draft. Yeah, I think what was it? Was it Sertan is the name that was supposed to be the top cornerback listed? You know, I, th- I think most people probably had him go, but you know, you got you got the legacy, maybe worth a risk. So, yeah, and then so number nine, the Broncos pick, mm-hmm. which was the talk of the night, and we'll get to obviously if you've been living under a rock, we'll talk about why momentarily, but you obviously know where that's going. But yeah, Patrick Sertan the second went at nine, a good replacement for Chris Harris, who has since gone. I really like that pick. Also, Patrick Sertan was iced out. He had a PlayStation 2 controller around his neck that said, you know, PS2, you know, Patrick Sertan the second. Oh, it was gorgeous. Now, granted, that was probably more valuable than my life savings, but <laughs> beautiful, beautiful looking piece of jewelry. Love it. So that was a little bit surprising. And now, Robbie, this is the portion of the draft where I lose my sanity. So number 10, Cowboys are picking. And... The Eagles were slated to pick either a wide receiver or cornerback. You lose their two cornerbacks with an eight and nine. That happens. It was a little surprising, to be honest. The Eagles are at 12. I'm like, what are they going to do? They decided to trade with their NFC East rival, which was shocked because the Cowboys and the Giants were ahead of them for a pick. They traded up. What's going on here? My first thought is, how can they possibly blow this? And I'm like, well, (laughs) there is a quarterback still on the board. There's Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Maybe they take one of those. Or maybe they take a D lineman because they claim they need D lineman, even though Fletcher Cox. Like, what, how are they going to mess up this pick? And somehow, some way, they did not mess it up. They drafted the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith. Look, we don't know how good he'll be. I don't even care. They finally made the right <laughs> smart pick. Even if Devontae Smith like breaks his leg immediately, I'm knocking on wood because I don't want that to happen. But that is the right and proper pick. Thank you for finally doing something right in the draft. Oh, you know, this is maybe the first great draft pick you guys have had since like Lane Johnson. I mean, it's been a little while for you guys. Um, but no, I mean, the fact that Devontae Smith fell to 10 is a little, you know, nobody really expected it, but Eagles took advantage of it. They knew they had the chance to trade up and, and Dallas was willing to trade down a little bit. Uh, I actually had the Eagles as that. This, this is one of the big reasons why I had them as one of my big winners because this is literally exactly what you need. Like, obviously, you need some defense and secondary help, and that's going to come. The Eagles are still not going to have the best season, probably not going to win the NFC East, but you got a young receiver that, as long as he can stay healthy, like, I mean, God, he could really be a franchise receiver, and you don't really have that on your roster right now. You don't really know what you're going to get from Rager, 
but Smith is someone you can really rely on. I know he was considered a little undersized, but I, I don't know. I think he's going to have a fantastic career. Him and Hertz, I think, can be a, an absolutely deadly duo, plus Sanders, plus whichever one of your tight ends you end up keeping, if not both. Um, so, yeah, I, I pin the Eagles, actually, with that pick, and the rest of the draft is one of the bigger winners, honestly. Yeah, I love the pick. And I, when we were texting before the draft on Thursday, I was getting very upset because there were rumors that they were trying to move back into the top 10. I'm like, why would you even get out of it in the first place in that case? It worked out in such a way that, yeah, they were able to get more assets out of it. But that idea of – I don't like – they're sort of playing with fire there. Luckily, Dallas wanted to trade down, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But it seems like the Giants were going to pick Devontae Smith if they fell to him – or if they fell to the Giants. That did not happen, so they end up trading their pick to the Bears, and this is where the draft really kind of had one of those awesome moments – the Bears picked Justin Fields as their quarterback one, potentially. Andy Dalton still is the quote-unquote starter, but Justin Fields for the future. I like that pick. I think it's a good move on the Bears' part. I'm not saying it puts them in the playoffs immediately, but I think that's the right choice. I, I completely agree. Again, I've been very hard on Andy Dalton and I'm not going to ease up on him. I think he's a terrible starting quarterback. So I, but I think he's a very good person to put next to fields in the sense of one of these two is going to have to go out and earn the job. You know, Dalton may have been named the starter already, whatever that was, but like they're going to go both go into camp under the assumption that they can each gain that starting job. And maybe Dalton does start the year just to give fields a little bit of time, but those are two guys that are going to push each other to be better. And Dalton's a good backup quarterback to have fields, We'll see what he does, but I, I think Bears fans seem to be pretty happy with it. Um, it, it was a franchise making, you know, taking a risk, making a move that could backfire, but if it doesn't, I mean, they're going to look like absolute geniuses. That's the first we've heard the words Bears and geniuses in the same sentence in a long time. Usually quarterbacks go to die on the Bears. Unfortunately, it's not been known for their QB play, mm-hmm. but maybe this is the start of something new. I think it'll take a bit of time if it actually is, but Time will tell. Dare shame Rex Grossman. I I will because the fact (laughs) Rex Grossman was playing Peyton Manning is something else. So that's our top ten. I also want to talk about eleven because that was an exciting pick. I'll touch on a few that I think were pretty interesting. Oh, by the way, by the way, if you're living under a rock, Trevor Lawrence went number one. Shocker. Zach Wilson went number two. Also a shocker. Clearly, a few other noteworthy picks were at twelve. Micah Parsons from Penn State went to the Cowboys. Michael Parsons is a great player, you know, Penn State guy, but you have six starting linebackers. Like, what are the Cowboys doing? They have, uh, you have Sean Lee, you have Leighton Van Der Esch, and you got, uh, oh, who is the other guy? The, I'm, I'm not going to be able to help you here. Hold I'm, on, I'm sorry, linebackers are my... I will move on from that. It will come to me momentarily. But Totally good. They have like six starting linebackers. Um, Michael Parsons is a good player, though. I don't want to diminish that, but I'm glad. If the Eagles got him at 12 with Smith off the board, I would have been okay with that pick. I like what they did rather. But, yeah, the Cowboys, I don't know what they're doing there. Number the, the 15. Showed us that, oh, sorry, I was just going to quick say, the Sixers always showed us this concept of taking the best player available. That doesn't necessarily apply to football, though, and I, I think the Cowboys are going to learn that. Oh, yeah, it was Jalen Smith. By the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Smith. We, we should have known that, but that's okay. I should have. But then again, <laughs> they've been injured for so long, so who cares? True. Um, 
so yeah, that's number 12, 15, Mac Jones. So Mac Jones fell. We sort of assumed that if he didn't go to the 49ers, like who knew where he'd go? Patriots got what I think should be their starter from week one. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sold on cam yet. Mac Jones, <laughs> a lot of photos of Mac Jones looking like Tom Brady. And that scares me a little bit, a little bit chubby. And that's not to body shame by any means. Tom Brady is also <laughs> like that. And Tom Brady won six rings. So, well, six rings in the Patriots, seven rings. Done. Yep. So, but I like that pick for the Patriots. I think it's kind of funny how they fell to him. And we could honestly look at this for 10 years from now and be like, how did Mac Jones fall? Right. Let's say Mac Jones is like the prototypical quarterback, you know, compared to like Trevor Lawrence or even Trey Lance, for example. But with Bill Belichick coaching you, that could be a scary combination. Oh, yeah. I guess another one, Najee Harris fell to your Steelers. We had talked about that early on as sort of potentially happened. He did. You got your next running back, which is awesome. James Conner is now gone. That is, in my opinion, a great pick. I don't know how much it necessarily will put you over, but it bolsters your offense significantly. I mean, we were, if I'm not mistaken, the worst rushing offense in football last year. So getting a nice, young, powerful, but elusive back. I I mean, this was a knockout of the park for the Steelers. I genuinely didn't think he was going to fall to 24 just because everybody knew that's exactly who Pittsburgh wanted. But it worked. We got him, and I could not be happier as a Steelers fan. The rest of the draft was up and down. We got a tight end that I wasn't totally sold on, but then we got some linemen and, and some some defensive players. So I was feeling pretty good, but that, that pick of Harris, that made me feel very, very excited because I love James Conner, but I think Najee Harris is going to be miles better. Yeah, and I think it was a, definitely a solid replacement. Fun fact about Najee Harris, he actually had a draft viewing party at the Children's Center he grew up in, so it's for – either kids with like less like their parents aren't around a whole ton or they are unfortunate i don't know if an orphanage necessarily but like sort of this idea for you know to better lives and have sort of shelter like kind of like a homeless shelter sort of through a party for them which i thought was incredible giving back to the community so you're getting a real stand-up guy in naji and i'm really looking forward to seeing his success he seems like a great not only a great football player on the field but also off the field so oh yeah can't ask for much more than that the last one I'd probably touch on is Travis Etienne. Clemson running back goes to the Jaguars, reunited with his teammate Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars are young. The Jaguars are hungry. They have Urban Meyer. Kind of scary. Yeah, it's they're, – they're young, so they're not going to be great this year, but, like, their future is so bright. You got the two best players on Clemson's team from last year. I mean – I, I, I don't really know if there was a team that did better than the Jaguars in this draft, to be completely honest, even with just the first round alone, like those two guys, I, I think are bound. I mean, Lawrence, of course, but ATN also bound to have fantastic careers. I think, I think ATN was the first running back taken, right? Or did uh, Harris go before him? It was one of the two. I don't know what pick they traded for. I think, I think he went first. I think Harris was the second running back taken. Well, there um, you go. But this also really bites, you know, those running back haters in the butt here because it's always like, no, running back should ever go in the first round. You got two going. So, yep. Sometimes you got to invest, you know, it's it's a position that gets hit every time, but it's an important position nonetheless. So I respect both those teams going after their, their running backs because, again, they got by far the best two running backs here. So 
any other any other picks we wanted to uh touch upon there's there's two others i want to talk about it was the colts first round pick mm-hmm. uh let me get the name because i'm going to mess it up but the general gist is uh, let's find it here colts first round pick yeah quitty pay from michigan uh so they did an interview with him after he got drafted and his mom was next to him and he said like so like what's the first thing you're gonna do he's like first thing i'm gonna do is retire my mom and so his mom doesn't have to work another day so that's you know love seeing that those are always awesome things and then the other one this is not in the first round this is in the sixth round the Panthers, they drafted a long snapper at Alabama. Let me get the name because I'm going to forget it. But that. long snappers usually don't get drafted, let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so they draft – first of all, this guy, in terms of his credentials, he had zero bad snaps in all four years. That's pretty impressive. Now, granted, Alabama isn't doing much kicking other than extra points. But, uh, hey – that not too bad. So Thomas Fletcher under uh, long snapper got a call from Matt rule saying I draft in the sixth round. He was unbelievably excited. He's like, I will crawl on my hands and knees to Carolina. If like, you know, I'm so stoked. So excited. Definitely give that video a watch. You haven't seen it. And there are a ton of other ones. I think the one we want to shout out is so Robbie and I went to Parkland high school in Allentown. Parkland high school alum who graduated that's Kenny Yeboah. Did not get drafted, unfortunately, but is signed with the New York Jets as a tight end, undrafted free agent. So uh, yeah. since, you know, we graduated with him and um, we're not better at basketball than he is, <laughs> despite the fact he was a football player. Uh, yeah, Kenny, we're rooting for you. So best of luck. You got your Lehigh Valley say, fan behind you. If I'm not mistaken, he was our starting tight end and our starting center. So this this dude was probably the most athletic person we had in our high school. So, yeah, big, big shout out to Kenny. Congratulations uh, getting with the Jets. Wish you luck. New era in, in New York, maybe. Who knows? So, so the last thing, and this is just about the NFL in general, it dealt with the draft. Oh, boy. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> reigning MVP once out of Green Bay. And this came probably hours after the report was the 49ers offered their third pick for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers told him to kick rocks. And I don't think that could communicate to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers allegedly was looking to get out of Green Bay this summer when they weren't want, willing to give – not this summer, um, after – in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he wanted a long-term extension. The Packers aren't willing to give that to him. Yeah, it's, it's a mess in Green Bay, to say the least. And I circle back to that ninth pick for the Broncos because there were a lot of rumors the Broncos are a potential destination and – they probably had the most rumblings about a draft trade. Now it didn't happen, unfortunately, but I I can't imagine the Broncos with Aaron Rodgers. And I mean that in the nicest way possible because they have such a young team, a pretty good defense. Drew Locke just isn't the guy. You plug and play Aaron Rodgers there with Jerry Judy. You got uh, Sertan now, Von Miller. You throw in there. You got Cortland Sutton. That's that's a scary team, and that is kind of terrifying. Yeah, no one really wants to admit that the Broncos might genuinely be a really, an actually competent quarterback away from being a good football team. They, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater, who is a better quarterback than Drew Locke. I, I don't know why people like Drew Locke. I think he's terrible. But 
I think Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade, but man, if you had the, uh, they were that close or at least close ish to Rogers, that has to, it has to feel somewhat good that you at least had somewhat of a tempting offer for the, for that amazing of a player. One, I mean, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I want to say like the Broncos were offering. I don't think the Packers were listening. Yeah. I think the Packers still want to fix it. Now I'll talk about this momentarily. Let's assume Aaron Rodgers doesn't retire, but okay. his three destinations are apparently the 49ers, the Denver Broncos, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I was hoping for the Steelers. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> a match made in heaven, but those are seem to be his three destinations. He is from California, so that West Coast vibe, I think, is really what's sucking him in. But uh, he has told his teammates he is not going to return. He has literally been threatening retirement, which I genuinely believe he can do because it sounds like he has the Jeopardy gig kind of locked up. Right. And it sounds like he likes it. Uh, You know, it's going to be interesting because I think this example right here is going to be a landmark case in the NFL of the players should have more power. And Aaron Rodgers is one of the few people who can literally leverage his power and his well-being into potentially doing what he wants. We saw Le'Veon Bell try and for all intents and purposes fail. Yeah. Kind of didn't do much, but what he did was able to sort of help out running backs in the long term. Aaron Rodgers, though, long enough career has made enough money where he could successfully retire and still have fallback plans. What do you think is going to happen? I'm actually pretty certain that he's going to retire. If I'm if I'm Aaron Rodgers in this situation, obviously my life is playing football. I love the game of football. It is, uh, you know, it's, it's been a part of his life probably since like he came out of the womb. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, he he's already had he's a, he's won a Super Bowl multiple time MVP. He has been injured. He has gotten back. He's done everything you really can do. And at the end of the day, you can't really tarnish a career like that, but do you even want to try by leaving and then maybe chance of getting hurt or having a bad season? He is the best quarterback in the history of the green Bay Packers. I don't know why you would want to end anywhere else. Like, yeah, I certainly say he's better than Brett Farf and anyone wants to, want to I, fight I, me on that can fight me on that. But um, I, I just, I, I think this is career wise, the best move. Like you said, he's got that jeopardy gig lined up. I mean, he, he has more money than either of us would ever know what to do with. I, again, I understand if he wants to keep playing and I understand not wanting to play with Green Bay if they're not going to pay you because if you're going to play, someone like that deserves a mu- as much money pretty much as he wants. But I'd, I'd retire. I'd, I'd say, you know what, Packers, you blew it. You're done. Have fun with your new quarterback that I definitely didn't want you to draft. I'll see you in the next lifetime. I just, I think it's a good time for him to call it a career. I, th- I think he there, there's not much more he can really try to accomplish at this point unless he really thinks he has a good chance of getting on a team that could compete for another Super Bowl, which – Denver is not, I mean, they're good with it. They're definitely way better with him, but I don't know. LA, maybe, but I don't know. Okay. So let's, let's, I'm going to think about this here. I'm going to assume the Packers won't trade him. At least I think he's got one year left in his contract. If I'm not mistaken. So I could see a world where he holds out and just doesn't play and the Packers do awful. And then, come off season they're like hey here's an extension you want and he's like no <laughs> but i tend to believe he's gonna go somewhere now when that's that's up in the air but i i could honestly see the vegas raiders paying a crap ton of money to get him there and then that imploding significantly yeah 
that has the potential for a Super Bowl, though. If their defense could hold up, like Aaron Rodgers would never get sacked. That is 100% true. It's just what, yeah, it does have the potential. I just think John Gruden with Aaron Rodgers wouldn't work out well. That I agree with. I just, sorry, I, I got caught on the concept of a two time Super Bowl champion, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar is no longer there. Oh, that's so sad. No, I know. He's I with know. Mac Jones and the Patriots now. Gross. But we'll keep you updated on that. That is basically NFL, but it is going to be an interesting offseason with that developing. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Draft over now, though, so the roster is going to start solidifying. See how it goes. See what starters get named. Moving through here, baseball. So uh, we signed Bryce Harper for 13 years, and the other day he got hit in the face with a 97 mile an hour fastball. And I think everybody in Philadelphia's heart skipped a beat for just a second there. Thankfully he's fine. Not going to be hitting the IL, but uh, can't imagine that's a very pleasant feeling. No. Got to hit like that. Got him right in the schnoz too. Yeah. Thankfully posted a video later that day saying he was all right. Uh, he hasn't played since, but again, the Phillies have made roster moves calling up and down and he hasn't been a part of it. So he should be back in a, hopefully a couple of days. I actually think he might even be active today, uh, able to like pinch hit or something. But, uh, so that, that's good news, but scary moment there for, for Phillies. Philly has been struggling mightily this year, game under 500 right now. But again, early season, got some time to work through that. Not really Bryce's fault. Bryce has actually been spectacular this year. Yes. Hop over, not quite over the pond, but uh, over to the other side of the league. The AL, we, we mentioned last week how it's kind of some random teams atop of the, the AL this year, not the teams we expected it to be. Uh, and it's, it's still the Royals and the Red Sox. Um are we going to expect or start to need to expect long-term success from these two teams? I mean, the Red Sox may be over the Royals, but let's, 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 uh, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. <laughs> we are still early season. There will be time. I would say if by the all-star break, then we can be like, okay, maybe the Red Sox are actually like, maybe not, all-star break, maybe a bit too far away. If like mid June comes and we're like, the Red Sox are still top of the AL East in top of the AL for that matter. Yeah. I think we got to give them some credit and, they are playing significantly better than I thought. Like we have, we have to acknowledge that. Oh, hundred percent. Um, Rodriguez, Eovaldi, their pitching has been spectacular, and the bats come and go, but it's it's been doing pretty well so far. Um, the Royals, I don't really know why they're having so much success. If I'm being completely honest, they're just they're winning baseball games, and at the end of the day, I think that, like you said, they're the team way more likely to come crashing back down at some point. But, you know, ride the hot streak out as you can. They're definitely a team that could be completing, competing for a playoff spot. But uh, we'll, we'll see with them. I just – Merrifield's been inconsistent. Solaire's had a pretty pretty rough year so far. It's, if the bats don't really start getting consistency underneath them, they are definitely a team that's going to start falling off. Their pitching is uh, mas o menos at best. Moving through, go back to the NL. We've been talking all, all year so far about the Dodgers being the heavy, heavy favorites. Not the one seed in the NL anymore. Not even two. Sound like LeBron, not three. They're actually falling all the way to the four seed. Again, like you said, early season. So they're, they're fully below the Brewers and the Giants because, of course, the Giants had to be good randomly again. Um, and then they were tied with the Padres, but the Padres do on the tiebreaker. Big thing, uh, big news here, Dustin May going to the uh, IL, 10-day IL for the Dodgers. Bellinger, still no real timetable on when he's coming back. They just got Gavin Lux back. Is the only way the Dodgers don't win the NL injuries? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> give, them, give, give them some time, and they will be back to the top. 
Dodgers are a very scary, very complete team. And even if, even if they're not the top of the NL for playoff time, if they're in the playoffs, yeah, you got to be worried. It's, it's like the Lakers, like we're going to get to in a second here. Like, it doesn't really matter what seed they are. If they're there, they're going to make the noise. Um, all right, one, one last note on the MLB here. Are there any teams so far, you know, again, early season, but so far that you've noticed that you think could be, like, make, have a sneaky chance to not just make the playoffs, but even maybe win a, a series or two down the line that maybe, maybe people aren't paying too much mind to? Hmm. That, that's a great question. I think I would have to throw it to a few different teams. I'm still on the Blue Jays. I think they're a young team. I don't know how they would do in the playoffs because they are unfortunately young, but they have a lot of firepower. I saw them first hand was in Toronto two years ago at this point. Kind of scary. The Giants, whenever they're in the playoffs, yeah, they're quite scary. So we'll just be on the lookout for them. Um. The Padres, I could see winning a series. Uh, that's kind of up in the air, though. I can't believe the Braves are 12 and 15, but we're going to move past that. <laughs> the White Sox, don't sleep on them either. And then, obviously, don't sleep on the Astros, despite the fact they cheat, never sleep on them. They were in the ALCS last year and one game away from the World Series. Yeah, you really can't sleep on them. They despite the the scandals still have good baseball players um the, the white Sox are the team i mentioned them last year and i was going to mention them again We're, we've talked a little bit about carlos radon already he's had a sensational year he had the the no hitter he's had a 12 strikeout game their their pitching has been spectacular cease even keichel's doing okay um they're they're so young still too they just there's if they can really get get into a groove i mean they're the three seed in the the al right now they could make so much noise. And Jose Abreu isn't even batting 250. Their, their MVP isn't even batting 250 yet. So when he gets his bat under him, oh, man, is that going to be a terrifying team? I guess one last thing for the MLB, kind of a fun story. So this is like – this is the epitome of toxic friendship, and I think I would do this to you. So um, this guy, his buddy is going to a Diamondbacks game on a second date. And he was like tweeting at the Diamondbacks to like see if they could find him and like kind of knew where they were. And the Diamondbacks team was like looking everywhere for them, finally found them, put them on the Jumbotron and like gave them like signed game used balls and all that. Like, so I thought that was a pretty funny story of friends getting trolled by other friends and very enjoyable. We, we love that. We love, we love them getting put on the Jumbotron too. Huge fans. All right, that's what we got for baseball. Again, season pretty much just underway, so more news to come. Season nearing the end now, the NBA, most teams under 10 games left in the season or right around 10 games. Um, First things first, got to talk about the Indiana Pacers and the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. DeMontis Sabonis making his return after a six-game absence, and not, not only was his presence felt, but the entire Pacers roster reminded everybody that when healthy, they can still play very good basketball. A 57-point victory for the Thunder, or excuse me, for the Pacers over the Thunder. The Thunder were at home. That is the largest home loss in the history of the NBA, 57 points. DeMontis Sabonis had a triple-double at halftime. The largest lead at one point was 67 points. The crazy thing, Pacers aren't even going to be in the playoffs. Um so kind of a crazy stat, but almost means nothing. But like, 
when you saw this box score, like what was going through your mind? Um, a little bit of anger. So I put a bet <laughs> at the Pacers. I was looking at it, it said like minus seven. And I was like, there's a world where the Pacers maybe like they win by like five. So I moved down the line a bit. Oh, I was so wrong. I could have done like <laughs> minus 40 and just would have profited. But that's 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 the beauty of betting in the world. But yeah, I did not think the Thunder would get blown out that bad. But granted, the Thunder are not a great team because Sam Presti is basically the process 2.0. But no one cares for whatever reason. Who knows? Been there, done that. Who knows? You know, yeah. Got in. Eh, we don't care. We don't care anymore. <laughs> we're, we're, we're past that. We're, give us five superstars on the team, then we'll start talking. Um, but yeah, some Sabonis, a monster game. I'll come back to him later in the show during the superlatives. But uh, 14 assists from a power forward. That's kind of a crazy stat. Wanted to shout that one out. And speaking of massive assists games, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, by the way, the red hot Dallas Mavericks, uh, joins the 30 and 20 triple double club, 30 points, a career high 20 assists, including what was a game winning uh, assist to Dorian Finney Smith. Uh, I don't remember exactly how many rebounds he had, but I do know he had enough for a triple double Dallas up to the five seed. We'll talk a little bit more about the standings in the West in just a moment here. Um, but they're, they're looking good. We, we talked about early season, how they struggled. Still not the best defensive team, but the offense has really started to click. What do you think has been the, the, the pivotal force of this hot streak for them? I mean, it's obviously Luka, but I don't know, because I really did not think the Mavs were that high when I looked at the standings today. I think they're starting to click. Luka is being as dominant as he should be. The thing is, like, they could be so much better if Porzingis wasn't injured all the time or wasn't playing up to standard. So Luca can only do so much. I think what's going to happen is maybe another first round exit. Maybe if they're good, then a second round exit. But Luca is the main engine of that team. It's just how far can you take them? Yeah, hundred percent. We will. Uh, you're right. They definitely could win a series, but right now slated against the Clippers. That would, I mean, they lost in uh, six to the Clippers last year. So that'd be a, at least an interesting rematch of sorts if, if that's what ends up coming to pass. And we'll, again, we'll get to the standings here in just a second. Um, but yeah, shout out Luca for that, you know, career high 20 assists as a point guard, I'd like would have begged for a 20 assist game at some point in my career. So shout out him. LaMelo ball, LeBron James, the two things they have in common, they both made their return this past week. Uh, LeBron out with a high ankle sprain. LaMelo, who we thought might be out for the rest of the year with that wrist injury, came back. He's ready to go. And the Hornets, you know, still in that eight spot right now, trying to clinch a playoff spot or at least secure their spot. I mean, the, the four teams in the East play-in are pretty much set at this point. I don't think the Bulls really have a, a three-game comeback stretch in, the, in them at this point. But so Charlotte trying to get healthy because they really are. I, I, saw, I think I talked about this last week, how I think the Heat might be a team susceptible to lose that first, at least one of those games for the play-in and I think the Hornets would be the team to beat them because they're, they're this team that just nope like they don't care they, they don't care what the storyline is they don't care who they're playing they're gonna go they're gonna play their hearts out and LaMelo Ball is he's a you know a huge part of that he's, he's the point guard or the, at least the backup point guard um I think him coming back is huge and then of course LeBron James going back to the Lakers I mean they, they lost to the Kings which well you know that, that's rough but I mean people are talking about how like are the Lakers in trouble and I'm like they just got the best player in the world back and you're asking if they're in trouble I don't I don't quite get that logic there but uh I don't know if this is a stupid question but which player's return has a larger impact I do know if it's a stupid question but continue LeBron (laughs) next question (laughs) 
but okay, okay. How how much of an impact at least does Lamelo have returning now? Oh, quite quite a big impact. Like he is kind of the engine for the Hornets, but LeBron is Le- LeBron. Yeah, Le- so but LeBron. But yeah, like, uh, but Lamelo like can do so much. Like he really, like that team falters around like the eight nine seed with Lamelo. They could push up to like six potentially. I'm not saying they will, but. They're a really good team in the East, and they're a really flashy team because Lamelo kind of does all the things we thought Lonzo would do, to be honest. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's, like I said, I think what everybody thought Lonzo was going to be, or at least should have been by this point. Um, I believe they are two eight. games behind the Heat right now at eight. Um, I think that's heat, correct. And I think the Heat are tied, like the, the Celtics on the tiebreaker, but the Heat are tied record-wise with the Celtics. So the Celtics are six, the Heat are seven, the Hornets are eight. Um, I wouldn't expect the Hornets to pass the Heat unless the Heat go on another one of these stupid cold streaks that just bothers me. Um, but they are the I heat. also wouldn't, I wouldn't expect the Heat to pass the Celtics. I really do think that six, seven, eight is going to stay how it is. Um, unfortunately, at this point, meaning very likely – are our two teams going to be facing in the first round of the playoffs? Um, and we may get to that in just a second here when we predict some first round matchups. But uh, before we get into the West standings, Denver, the three seed now, despite losing Jamal Murray for the season, we, they fully brought on Austin Rivers for the rest of the year now. So he's, he's their starting point guard at this point or shooting guard, whatever they have in that, because Barton's been out too. Um, rising in the standings without a star player like that is relatively unheard of. Do you think they're going to hold on and remain the three seed, or do you think LA, one of the LAs, or even Dallas, could or is going to catch back up to them at this point? Let's say for I, you know, honestly, I could see them holding on to it and losing in the first round. Yeah, I completely agree because again, that first round matchup right now is the Los Angeles Lakers. So let, let's dive in here now. So like I said, uh, so the the Suns actually overtook the number one record in the NBA, and they're the top seed in the West right now. The Jazz are number two, I think, just a half game behind, maybe a full game behind. Denver is three. They have risen. The Clippers are four. The Mavericks are five. The Lakers are six. And then you have Portland at seven and the other teams competing, Golden State, San Antonio competing for that, those other play-in spots. But let's let's kind of focus on three through six here. Of Denver, the two LAs and Dallas, where do you think they're all going to finish out? Let's, well, I got to stick with my original argument. So three would be Denver. I could honestly see a world where Clippers are four, Lakers are five, and Mavericks are six. Three, six would be Mavericks, Nuggets would be a very interesting matchup. And I do see a world where the Nuggets could win that. But God, if four or five is a battle of the LA teams, that's going to suck. Now, that, it's what we want to see, but like, ew, not in the first round. I want it in the first round more than anything. And this is going to piss you off right now. And I know it. And I'm Awful. Been waiting all week for it. I want everybody to get the fuck off of this bandwagon for this Clippers team. I think I refuse so overrated. I'm dying on that bandwagon. You don't understand. I'm dying on it. I know it's a different team from last year, but last year's playoff loss was embarrassing this year. They just haven't quite found the consistency. Paul George has had a much better year. Credit him. Kawhi is now coming up with what he always does saying he's injured. Ben, that's why he's been struggling. He says this every year. I know he's a bullshitter. I think Ty Lue is a, a hilarious, laughable coach. Sure. The, the Rajon Rondo trade actually seems to have benefited them to some capacity, but they still fell in the standings. Um, and then we're going to talk about the center issue. I mean, I like the bringing the Ben bringing in Boogie, that veteran presence, nice big dude to have, but Abak is still not playing. Zubach doesn't really do much besides rebound and block shots. 
Boogie doesn't do much more than rebound and block shots at this point. So you, you pretty much don't really have a viable center option unless a is healthy. I just don't see it the way other people do, the way you do. I don't, like, I understand how good Kawhi can be. I understand how good Paul George used to be, but man, I just don't see it. I don't see this team working together collectively like the Lakers were able to last year. I would love to see the LA battle because A, then there's no real home court advantage in that playoff series and B, because I would get to see the Clippers get annihilated in the first round of the playoffs. I'm telling you, you are not properly understanding how good Kawhi Leonard is. I'm telling you right now, there's only one man's earth. There's one man's (laughs) earth who can lock up LeBron James and do it consistently. That man is Kawhi Leonard. I don't agree. I don't think that's true. I don't think he can actually do that. (sighs) Boy, I'm I'm and telling he you, he did it once, and everybody freaked out. I'm gonna get mad. I'm gonna I get know, upset. I told you you were gonna get mad, but look, that one series that the Spurs beat the Heat, everybody praised Kawhi Leonard for his defensive ability because he held LeBron James to 33 points per game. That was impressive, and I don't, I don't understand why that's impressive. But if they're winning a series, then like, who cares? Sure, sure. But then, like you know, again, I, I obviously like LeBron a little more than most people, but I just yes. – we also haven't really seen them play in an important playoff series since then. That's another thing. That's what we I'm saying, though. We watched Kawhi Leonard will those Raptors to an yes. NBA Finals victory. Like he LeBron is the, wasn't there to stop them. I'm – that team was a team of destiny, and we watched firsthand with the game-winning shot in Game 7. I'm right. just saying. I don't mean to discredit Kawhi too much because, again, that is one of the most impressive things a player has done. But we, we know I have LeBron James on this pedestal. And I even despite this ankle injury and him even saying that he's not getting back to 100%, the intelligence level that he possesses is still, to my, my opinion, so far and beyond any other player in the NBA that I really, really, really don't think this is as tough of a challenge as everybody wants it to be. I, th- I think everybody really wants it to be because, A, it's the battle of the L.A.s, and, B, it might be the two best players in basketball. But, man, I just... I think it's being overhyped. I mean, maybe it really comes down to if Paul George can be like what he should be in terms of production. That goes but, the same for Anthony Davis too. Yeah. Anthony Davis is more from an injury perspective though. He does show up when it does. So Anthony Davis still had like a two rebound game in the NBA finals. And that bothered me. Well, if we get the Battle of LA's, we can put some do some bets on it because I I think you think it's going to be a sweep, and I think the Clippers will at least take it to Game Six, Game Seven. I, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I think it's going to be one of those six game series that feels like the Lakers were in control the whole time, like like the NBA Finals last year. Like we we know it went it went to six games. The Heat played two incredible wins, but end of the day, nobody really expected the Heat to actually come out on top of that series. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it, though. Obviously, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I just wanted to share uh, mine with everybody. I want it on record. So when the Clippers win that series, that I can just rip into the entire world. As always, I will eat my words if I have to. I am here to share my unqualified opinions, as we are every single week. So that's where that's where I'm at, though. Um, So, okay, so so we we talked about the West a little bit here. Maybe on the East, though, any first-round matchups that you would particularly be excited for? I know we mentioned Philly-Miami is a potential one. um, But, okay, let let me say this. First round, would you rather Philly-Miami or Philly-Boston? I want Philly-Boston so I can literally just drag my balls over Boston. (laughs) But, um, I mean, Philly-Miami is going to be interesting because of you and I. Uh, Now, I don't have a gripe with you or Miami in general. I just – 
I think that series is interesting because I do think Jimmy Butler is going to play revenge ball. It's how far can Jimmy Butler take this Heat team without Tyler Hero being a superstar, as you guys thought. And I think that will result in one or two victories. I don't think it'll lead you to beating us, but who knows? Like injuries could happen. You know, Ben Simmons isn't playing. That could potentially be a problem. If Victor Oladipo does play, that could really help the Heat. Nah, Victor Oladipo is a, a negative plus minus for you guys at this point. I was looking. I was looking at the Heat's plus minus chart for this year. You know what Tyler Hero's plus minus is this year? I think it's like, like minus like one thirty or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was absurd. Yo, it was, ew, it was disgusting. <laughs> it was one of like I looked at this and I was minus like, it makes so much sense because he has been horrible this year. But God, it was like. <laughs> Anybody who didn't believe the Tyler hype train, like hats off to you, like like applause all around because you called it. This dude is not what everybody expected him to be. He is nowhere near the level of Devin Booker or anything close to Devin Booker. But he fixed Jack Harlow's jumper. That has to add some pluses. Don't, there. don't talk about okay. that. Okay, <laughs> moving I, I on. Think, yeah, no, I I think the Heat again can find the consistency when it comes playoff time. But I I'm I'm again I'm just worried about those play-ins. I think if they somehow manage six. That actually would go a long, long way for them because I'm still so confident they beat the Bucs in the playoff series. I'm not worried about that in the slightest. Do you think the Heat can beat the Bucs in the playoff series? I thought this last year and nobody thought paid it any mind. And then five games. I mean, five you got games. Tyler Hero playing like a stud. If he's playing minus 130, I think that I, th- I do believe the Bucs will kill you in a playoff the series. The only thing I'll say about Hero is if he can find that confidence again, he, it's not like he can't do that again. I'm not projecting that he will, but, you know, he, he, he has the ability to get hot at a moment's notice. And if the Bucs aren't going to guard him. I just cool. think with Drew Holiday, that's, that's going to spell disaster. For yeah. the, the, I mean, the big thing is just can the Heat shoot. That's been the struggle all year. They're not as good of a three-point shooting team as they were last year. Duncan's been getting hot. Duncan had six threes last night, which was big. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see with the Heat. Any other first-round matchups, though? I, I I don't know why, but I really like this concept of Brooklyn versus Charlotte. I think I think the Hornets could accidentally win, like, two games, and it'd be really funny. I think that one, that's that's literally an over-under nightmare because it's, like, two, <laughs> probably going to be, like, 260 in terms of points. But, yeah, that one's interesting, you know, sort of the young versus the new. Uh, four five is well, Knicks versus who? Who's five? Boston is six. Oh, the Hawks. That one's. I I actually I like the idea of a Knicks Hawks matchup because that's purely offense mm-hmm. on the Hawks end versus a very very good defensive team. And I think that's interesting. I think the Knicks would win that, but. I agree. And then how about the potential matchup of the New York teams in the second round, then Brooklyn versus New York, obviously Brooklyn would be the favorite, but it could be the first time ever that we see two teams play each other from the same city in in the, well, it would have to, the the stat was like first round. So it's possible, but uh, it'd be, it'd be kind of cool because the Knicks have been this, you know, laughing stock of the NBA for so long and, and the Nets being this super team, you know, whatever lineup they actually get to play in the playoffs. But, uh, That'd be fun for the city of New York, at least, or the state of New York, at least. Yeah, I honestly, like, there'll be probably be a good amount of fans come playoff time because people are getting vaccinated at this point. Mm-hmm. Do I go see? I wonder how much tickets are for that. <laughs> Do I go see that? That would be kind of fun. Uh, hey, 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 if the Heat play the Sixers, I may fly in. Who knows? If the Heat play the Sixers, I'm very, if you come back, I'm very tempted to drop a lot of money on, right. on upper, upper deck seats <laughs> to go see <laughs> Them it. Them nosebleeds. But 
You know, I honestly, how I perceive the Nets versus the Knicks, that series would be the Nets winning. It ends in game three when it's like tie one, one and the Nets get a call that shouldn't have gone their way. And Julius Randle punches Kyrie in the chest. That's how I imagine that series basically ending. Yeah. And then Julius Randle goes to jail for an assault charge. Awesome stuff. No, 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 no. no. It's only a suspension to fine for a punch. Of course. Of course. Just, just a one game suspension there. No. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I, I think the Knicks, I love the teams that are defensive teams, but it always worries me when the only thing you're really known for for a season is defense, because I, I have this fear that the Knicks might even get blown out by the Hawks potentially just because like if they can't compete scoring wise and the Hawks learn how to play at least a little bit of defense, they'll run the table. But also New York has not really relented in their defense all year. So I think they have a good shot at that first round, but yeah, I mean, beating the Nets, unless you're the Sixers or the Bucks at this point is relatively impossible if they're going to be at full strength i mean i think the heat beat them on a buzzer beater with one of their stars so that's how that goes yeah that's what we got for the playoffs again very uh, coming up very soon here uh, we're very excited to cover it as a uh, we're it's kind of cool like the fast season was weird for probably the players but for us it's awesome to feel like we were pretty much just talking about the nba finals and now we're almost going to be starting the playoffs up again so it's kind of cool Last bit of NBA news here, relatively irrelevant, but uh, Anderson Varejao, longtime NBA center, is back and will return to finish the season out with Cleveland. I don't even know if he's even going to touch the court. It probably is just there to help, you know, uh, Jared Allen, some of the younger big guys that they have. Uh, who knows if we'll see him next year, if he's going to come in as like a coach or something like that. But uh, always nice to see him him back. He was a fun player to have around, a champion. I don't know if he won with Cleveland, but he definitely won one with Golden State. So cool, cool thing to see Varejao come back into the league. All right, and yet again, I think we got a new segment coming in here. So, Alex, take it away. I'm excited. So, as we know, Robbie sucks at intelligence. <laughs> what gave it away? What a, what a, what a lead off into a segment. <laughs> so, this week, because, you know, Robbie has been tortured by my big brain high IQ plays in our trivia matchups, I've decided Robbie is going to go one-on-one with the world of sports. Very famous game show, probably from the 2010s or late 2000s. Are you smarter than the fifth grader? So we're going to find out if Robbie's smarter than the fifth grader. The good news for Robbie is, while he didn't pay attention to math, we're only talking about sports today. So as long as Robbie knows the sports, he should be a-okay. So how this will work, Robbie, there will be five, there's five grades, and you have to answer two questions from each grade. How it'll work is I have luckily found a website that has questions for me and there will be four different answers that I will, you know, I'll give you choices. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the original game show had like cheat and peak or, and there's like some other like lifelines. Unfortunately, we do not have children here (laughs) to answer the questions with you. So your lifelines are going to be the following a 50, 50. So if you're not sure, I'll narrow it down to two different options and you can pick from that. Cool. The other one is going to be a pass in the sense that well, we'll do, we'll do the following. If you get the question wrong, you'll have like, you'll have one, like ca- uh, not caveat. You'll have one mulligan and then there'll be one. You have a pass. So you have three lifelines you can use. So you have to get through 10 questions to prove you're smarter than a fifth grader. Oh boy. 
Now, I'll give you this option as well. Do you want to just start with grade one and I'll ask you two questions from grade one and we go to grade five? Or do you want to pick which grades you start with? Maybe start with grade five and just, you know, end your misery right now. No, let, let's go one to five. Let's start easy. Let's, let's work our way up. All right. G- give me a number one through 15. 12. 12. All right. One, two. All right. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> what is the piece of equipment used by a referee or coach to get your attention? <laughs> Is it cool? A bell, B siren, C whistle, or D horn? It's a tough one, but I'm gonna go with C whistle. That is correct. You have answered the, the first board. question of first grade. <laughs> Give me another nice. number, one through uh, fifteen. Let's go with seven. Seven. Lucky number seven. <laughs> what is a baseball field called? Is it <laughs> A a square? B, a diamond, C, a trapezoid, or D, the parallelogram? Um, I'm going to have to stick with diamond here. Um, I should have ended with these. Wow, I should have gone five to one. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, it does get harder. I have looked at some of these. Okay. All right, so you've passed first grade. You are, this is is basically our version of Happy Gilmore. (laughs) No, Billy Madison. Wow, I can't believe I messed it up. Is our version of Billy Madison. Okay. Grade number two. Give me a number one through 15. Two. Two. <laughs> I hope you know this. Wait, that's, 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 uh, I actually, I can't even, here's, here's the original question. I can't actually ask this. How many okay. points does a field goal score in basketball? Oh God. <laughs> Cause it's two, three, four, seven. And the answer could be two or three or three. Yeah. So we're going to move on from that. <laughs> oh God. That's actually kind of hard. All right. We're going to go to a volleyball question. Okay. In volleyball, who starts the game? Is it A, a client, B, a sender, C, a server, or D, a receiver? Who starts the game? It's got to be a server, right? That is correct. That is a a little bit of a tough question. I was also about to say, like, I took a volleyball class. I should know this. Yeah, the server does start. The receiver, in theory, is the one passing the ball. Give me, let's do it again. One through 15. Let's go with nine. Nine. (laughs) Basketball question. What is the name of the shot in basketball that is made from a set line? Is it A, a jump, B, a run, C, a hop, or D, a free throw? What are those options? I mean, obviously it's a free throw. <laughs> I read the wrong set of options because it was okay. <laughs> pass lap or three point shot. I read the one above it. About I was jump like, rope. What is this? <laughs> I realized it halfway as I was reading and paused. But congratulations, you would have known that even if I didn't give you answers. Thankfully, I did play a decent amount of basketball in my day. <laughs> All right, we have graduated to grade three. Oh boy, we're getting to the point. Where There's a lot more questions now. Cool. Uh, Robbie, give me a number of one through twenty. Go with 20. All right. Oh, God. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) What is the basic soccer kick called? Is it A, an instep kick? B, a toe kick? C, outside foot kick? Or D, leap kick? 
Oh my God. Can you read those again? <laughs> all right. They're all kicks. Yeah. So what is the basic soccer kick called? Is it a in step B toe C outside foot or D leap. And I believe this is referencing how you normally pass a ball in soccer. Yes. So I'm how you pass a ball or how you or like, well, I mean, normally kick it, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, okay. In that case, I will say outside foot. That is incorrect. The so inside? it's in step. So yeah, like, okay. remember you kind of inner part of your foot. Yeah. I was thinking, okay. So I get, that's definitely how you're supposed to pass. I was thinking like how you dribble and I always remember you're supposed to dribble on the outside of your foot. So, okay. I, I, that's fine. I'll take it. I'll take my woes. Okay. So that is cool. your one free mulligan. You still need to get two questions right in third grade, but okay. Robbie, you may have to use some of your lifelines, which include a 50-50 or a pass. All right. All right. Give me another number, bud. One. Okay. A ball thrown from over your shoulder is called what kind of throw? Is it a oblique throw? B, a sidearm throw? C, an overhand throw? Or D, an underhand throw? Is, is this referencing a specific sport at all? We're going to go with baseball here, but so is it okay. either a, it doesn't specifically say a ball thrown from over your shoulder. So is it an oblique throw, a sidearm throw, an overhand throw, or an underhand throw? Hmm. You have your life lines. I know. I'm thinking if I want to use one or not. Yeah, I do. I want to use my 50 50. All right. So is it your 50-50 will break down? Is it either a overhand throw or a sidearm throw? Okay, I'm gonna go with overhand throw. That is correct. Cause I know you were thinking about that oblique throw. Yep, I know exactly. you're heavily debating it. <laughs> that was an awesome use of the 50-50. Perfect. Thank you. All right. One more question to get to grade four. Can you do it? Uh, let's let's hope and pray. All right, give me a number. Eight. Eight. Okay, I think I think you'll know this. In bowling, what is it called when a person hits down all the pins on the second ball in a frame? Do you want to just answer this without me giving you the options, or do you think yes, it, it's a spare? Correct. All right. Cool. So graduated third grade. That was the last time I ever got straight A's. You have graduated third grade. <laughs> Your only lifeline left is a pass. So we are a little bit beat up, but you only have four questions left. Can you do it? I think I can. All right. Grade four has a lot less questions. So three, four. Number between one and ten. Let's go with one again. Okay. In football, who hikes the ball? <laughs> I, I just want to hear the, the options. <laughs> Is it A, running back, B, center, C, tackle, or D, safety? would be the snapper what <laughs> wait you didn't give quarterback as an option do you say snapper center snapper same oh my game. god come on uh, uh, I, if, if we need to redo that question that's fine but i was like it's the <laughs> you're fine but like i also just want to make you feel embarrassed for saying the word snapper as a position but we're that's gonna i was thinking like long snapper because we were talking about that long snapper that got drafted earlier <laughs> okay well that's an, that's that is a embarrassment to our podcast but we're gonna move past i I apologize another number can you pass fourth grade here 
let's let's go with number four. Number four. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, I thought it was soccer, but it's not. It's our other favorite sport, softball. <laughs> In softball, what is a one base hit called? Is it a single, a double, a triple, or an out? Would be a single. That is correct. You have graduated grade four. I don't know why, but those questions for the most part that you got were a lot easier than grade three. Yeah, three was harder than four for question for no no question. All right, we got grade five, and this is where it's gonna get tricky. I'm ready. All right, give me a number one through like one through twenty. Five. All right. How long is an entire regulation football field? And this is in yards, by the way. Mm-hmm. Is it 80 yards? 50. By the way, this is like actual measurement. Yes. Yes. 80 yards, 50 yards, 100 yards, or 120 yards? 120 yards. You are correct. And I thought that one would trip you up. But good catch. The end zones are 10 yards in each side. I didn't remember if they were 10 or 20, but also I was hoping the answers were, were going to provide it. And it did. So, oh uh, yeah. That's what you got to do. Use your uh, good old narrowing down the answers. All right, Robbie. I got my pass, right? You do have your pass. So if you do hit panic, maybe we can get through it. I'm ready. All right. Another number. Can you do it? Can I? Oh, it's six. Six. Give me another number because that question's wrong, but. <laughs> it, it says um, how many players from each team well i guess all right from each team it's technically but that's too easy it was man. how many people on the football field oh, oh gross yeah let's go with 11 11 all right all right here we go in badman what is the name of the stroke which is hit sharply downward is it a kill a lunge a rush or a dunk. I really don't want to use my pass, but I know I'm going to get this wrong. How does this work? If I get this wrong, do I just lose? Yes. Ah, shit. Um, Wait, how about this? Have you used the pass? And then you can answer for like fun. Okay, cool. I'm going to use the pass and I want to answer dunk. That is incorrect. So it was a good use of the pass. It's a kill. Thank God. Okay. I knew it was dunk or kill, and I went with dunk because basketball. But Of course. Okay. Holy shit. All right. Let's go with number 19. 19. All right. All right. This is about just athleticism in general. Are you ready? I am. Hope you were listening in like science. The ability of a muscle to sustain a contraction over an extended period of time is called what? Is it A, strength, B, flexibility, C, endurance, D, power, or E, stamina? Can you just repeat the question again? So yeah, what is, the ability of a muscle to sustain a contraction over an extended period of time is called what? And the, I believe the choices were A, strength, B, flexibility, C, endurance, D, power, or E, stamina. 
I'll tell you what, I'll even, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to get rid of one here. So the answer is not power. So it's either strength, flexibility, endurance, or stamina. I'm inclined to think either endurance or stamina. I don't want to look at your face because I don't want to get confused. Um, I'm going to say endurance. Robert Rosenfeld, you were smarter than the fifth grader. Congratulations. <laughs> you have done it. Hell yeah. Guys, I can't even explain how much pressure that, that takes off my shoulders. That Oh, that could have been embarrassing. But, oh, we, we held on. He did it. Despite his showings and trivia, Robbie was able to get through good use of the pass, good use of the mulligan, of course, and then obviously good use of the 50-50. You managed to do it. That is Ooh. all you. So good to know you have some sports knowledge more than the fifth grader. Maybe next week we'll just do potpourri knowledge and we'll see if you can outsmart someone in science. (laughs) Yikes. What's a nice long week then. All right. But uh, glad, glad I could uh, hold my own and prove that I at least somewhat deserve to be on this show here still. Um, So we'll move on now. Hope y'all enjoyed that one. We'll move back into our normal superlatives. We will start with the MVP of the week. And for me, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, talked about how I thought they were the big winners of the draft, getting Lawrence and a teen. Or again, if I mispronounce his name, I apologize. Um, fantastic draft all around, but those two picks especially are going to be centerpieces for the long haul for Jacksonville. Urban Meyer's first year already looking bright. So my MVPs goes out to the worst team from football last year. Yeah, I got to give it up for the Jaguars, obviously. But um... What about instead of humans, like what about horses? Medina oh, yeah. Sprint or Medina Spirit, my apologies, won the Kentucky Derby as definitely a pretty significant underdog to essential quality. Uh, won the Kentucky Derby. I think there was like a 12 to 1, 13 to 1 favorite or 13 to 1 odds. Sorry. Uh, so <laughs> sports betting and the horse races are back. So make sure to bet the ponies whenever you get the chance. <laughs> But uh, yeah, shout out um, Medina Spirits. Uh, yeah. All right. Moving down. Disappointing. Most disappointing player team who you got? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Thunder because they lost by 57. No further questions this time. Correct. I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. I just figured you would. So I'm actually, unfortunately, going to say the Phillies just because, like, I thought we were going to be really good this year and we're still under 500. It's just disappointing, guys. Like, come on, we're, we're, we're running out of years on Bryce's contract at a certain point. So let's uh, let's get to it. Uh, no, no, no more there. Moving on. Bad boy. I actually got two bad boys this week. Duncan Robinson and Dorian Finney Smith. Both of them hit six threes and route to absolutely crucial victories for their teams. Miami to continue to stay locked with Boston record wise for the six and seven seed and Dallas to overtake LA as the five seed in the West. Uh, and I talked about earlier, Dorian Finney Smith, six, three was a game winner absolutely massive performances from both of those sharpshooters. So both of them, bad men, you do not want to leave either of them open in the corner. I got to give it um, up to my own Philly player, JC Romero for inciting a bench clearing brawl. Now granted the Mets had it coming because they hit Bryce and Didi, but uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the whole idea of hitting people because they either pimped a home run off you or it's that rivalry. I, I don't like that, especially in the face. I'm looking at you, Mets. So, but <laughs> JC Romero, unfortunately, you've been a bad boy. You did get suspended for it. So I gotta, I gotta throw you under the bus a little bit. Can't just be all biased. So. 
you do hate to see it. Moving down, moment of the week. What was the best moment in your opinion? Oof. You know, I think I alluded to it earlier, but just the the draft process, like seeing all these people getting picked and, you know, showing into their house and just seeing the excitement and euphoria of it finally, like all the hard work, dedication, paying off. Like there's no better feeling when you, all the work you put in and to be a long shot about something, whether it's a job, you know, sports is a great example or just anything in life. It is so incredible to see those reactions because they're so authentic and like, just like we allude back to like the draft in 2019 where Zion's just bawling his eyes out. Cause he's, you finally became the number one pick, even though we all knew it was going to happen. And this year you got people like, uh, the Colts pick and you have Penny Sewell who's just like sobbing. And that to me is awesome. Cause it's so authentic, so genuine. So to me, like those are the best moments because it really shows the raw emotion that, and just the cool aspect that sports has. I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Awesome moments to get to see for these young guys making their, their lifelong dreams come true. My moment of the week goes out to the rookie Cole Anthony. He hit his first career game winner uh, last night against Memphis First of many, from what I assume, Cole Anthony was one of those guys who I knew was going to fall in the draft, but I think is going to be one of the best players out of this class. Um, proving it now, the Magic not really competing for anything at this point, but Cole Anthony making strides at the end of the season, helping my fantasy team out, making the playoff push. So uh, shout out Cole Anthony, son of Greg Anthony. So a uh, long, long career, hopefully, for you as well. I have to well, disagree with that. Oh, Cole Anthony lost me a massive bet, so... <laughs> It was, I, I hit everything in this parlay. And then lo and behold, Robbie, I just needed the Grizzlies to win outright. And they, Cole Anthony spoiled that. And mm. I saw the notification on my phone. It was just like, uh, uh, just oh, stunned. Yeah, and hate um, to see it. So Cole Anthony is uh, no bueno <laughs> on that part. Maybe a new, new award with a new name for him. Um, <laughs> final award here. We got the return of the king. Mine was going to be LeBron, but it actually is DeMontis Sabonis. Again, first half triple-double in a landslide victory, 26 points, 19 boards, and again, 14 assists from a power forward is relatively unheard of if his name isn't Draymond Green. So shout out Domont. People were questioning if you deserve to be an all-star, and those people are idiots. So congratulations, DeMontis Sabonis. Welcome back. Pacers, again, not going to be making any playoff push at all, but good to see him healthy at the end of the year. Yeah, and then my return of the king is got to be Aaron Rodgers, who is now back in the face of the media. <laughs> but um, we will see. I don't think, you know, like we talked about earlier, I don't see a return to Green Bay, but, you know, more of a welcoming somewhere else could be a very intriguing storyline. So time will tell. Time will tell indeed. That's all we have for you guys this week. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, again, we'll be back with another episode next weekend. We're getting closer to an episode without any sports talk. If anybody's intrigued by that one, I think it's going to be fun. But until then, have a fantastic week, and we'll see you guys later. Take care, everyone.